Hey, before we start, we were hoping you could take a few seconds to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us that so many of you are listening, and we hope you continue to support us by leaving us a little bit of feedback. Cheers. Welcome to Liquid Chords. Today's guest is North Coast-based artist Ewan Friars, aka Catalan. I speak to Ewan about his debut album, Veritas, experience with working with Access Off and Soy Watch You From Afar, and his plans for the year ahead. Enjoy. Liquid Hi Ewan, also known as Catalan, good to have you man. Hey buddy, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, all good. Uh, where are you recording this from today? So I'm in my house in Belfast, just in the in the front room at the closest point to the um, Wi-Fi router, <laughs> <laughs> just to be safe. Yeah. And I guess quite on brand for the kind of situation we're going through here, I've got an unfinished um, jigsaw puzzle behind me which has been you know the lockdown activity yeah and i also have a little glass of uh, dead rabbit that i've poured for this very occasion get the plug oh. in early you know <laughs> yeah i'm glad i didn't have to push you on that um what do you that's, think that's of it? my that's my contracted sort of obligation <laughs> i've done it now we can finish <laughs> this podcast now that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no Are you enjoying it yeah it's nice it's really nice going down well Good, good, good. Um, and what's the, out of curiosity, what's the Jigsaw? So the Jigsaw is the album cover of The Clash's second record, uh, Give Him Enough Rope. So yep. there's lots of areas of sort of just colour and nothing going on. So it's, it's taken me ages. <laughs> <laughs> A year project. You're, you're giving me the perfect segues here already. Uh would Clash be a big influence or does it just happen to be a jigsaw? Yeah, absolutely. The Clash in terms of yeah, my influences. I guess The Clash are like my all-time favourites. Okay. Um, and I suppose growing up, that would have been the likes of their first few, the kind of punkier, raw records. But by the time I got to, you know, Catalan and, and drawing influences from, f- or for Catalan, uh, I guess quite conveniently, the Clash had all this interest in you know, you know, g- getting influence from all over the place. Um, records on their on their, I guess, from London calling onwards. So yeah, they would be a major influence of mine. Yeah, how how did you get into the Clash? Was that something your parents were into, or you just found that like with friends and things in school? Um. So I I find like punk rock through sort of my sister, my brother and sister, and that would have been I guess at that kind of time it would have been the likes of your uh, No Effects and you know Rancid and that kind of stuff. I always heard that through my sister's bedroom wall when I was getting up for school in the morning. I very distinctly remember sort of No Effects blaring through, and I kind of find punk through that. Um, and then weirdly, like I. I you know, as as someone who would have classed myself as a punk rock fan, I've I've got to the Clash quite you know after exploring a lot of those bands, I got to the Clash quite late, and um, that they just once I found them, it just like changed everything in terms of yeah, I guess just I guess it being sonically just something that like isn't tied to a certain sound, and you know by the time they got to London, Colin, they were just like experimenting with every style of music 
but kind of keeping their social, political integrity. And, you know, I, I really, I responded well to them not like being hemmed into a specific sound as such, because probably by that time I was getting bored of hearing the exact same four chord punk rock songs anyway. Yeah. And that political, social aspect of The Clash would be quite prevalent in your music from what I've heard. Um, and something, was that, for listeners who aren't aware, uh, you played an Axis Off, which was mm-hmm. a band that you were in before Catalan. With, with Axis Off, I've had those like social commentary within their songs, or is that something you, that you kind of just focused on with Catalan? Yeah, I think it's it's probably run through like yeah both projects, and I guess I, I suppose the way that I, I definitely the way I approach um, any anything like that, like in terms of. Uh, large or intense kind of subject matter like political social stuff is that I hopefully try to just present the listener with like you know more images and scenes and and kind of like uh, ideas but not necessarily um, kind of that kind of preachy or punky sort of way if you know what I mean it's not like yeah. here's the message as it were it's hopefully a little bit more like poetic than than that um, and with Axis of like yeah, I feel like we were kind of a political band, but again, it was sort of buried in that p- uh, poetry. Um, I suppose the differences maybe with the Axis of lyric set to the Catalan lyric set is maybe that like Axis of was I suppose more influenced by like the North Coast Ireland and the sort of it had that like Irish mentality to it or. You know, it, it was outward looking to a certain degree, but I feel like Catalan is much more like an international or a bit more of a kind of colourful thing. I love both. I love both approaches for sure. But I guess like uh, hopefully uh, a Catalan would be more like of a international or global global feel to it, as it were. But yeah, political and social, but again, sort of buried in that um, ambiguous poetic way. So let's take it back then to when you were younger and you were starting to hear no effects and the punk a punk influence and uh, maybe that your sister from from what i can gather your sister uh passed on to you did you immediately start picking up guitar and an instrument or did you know did it take a while for that music to register that you felt okay i can be a musician well actually so we always had loads of musical instruments around the house my dad he my dad's a, actually like a an art like a painter like an artist like a wildlife artist by trade but he's very very creative and he always had tons of um you know musical instruments around and and he did encourage me early on to to um play the guitar or play bass guitar play kind of play instruments but it wasn't really until i found my music as it were in the in the kind of punk stuff that i thought that that you know would be something i'd like to do and i suppose the good thing about a lot of that punk stuff is it's so simplistic and it, you know, it's a good entry point, you know? Um, so when my dad was like trying to get a 10 year old to play like Jeff Rotel and King Crimson, it was a bit more, you know, that was his, his (laughs) stuff was more of the prog stuff and it's very complex. So it didn't register with me. Um, and it took me a while before I really got his, you know, his tastes in that sense but like i guess yeah punk was the entry point and it probably was because it was a lot easier yeah same here with nirvana i remember i remember being 12 or 11 or 12 whatever you're in first year 
and going to the guitar teacher. No one, I was into like Foo Fetters and Red Hot Chili Peppers, the sort of band you would be into in your green day. <laughs> and uh, I remember thinking, okay, I want to play guitar. So I went to the guitar tutor in school and he had put up the first thing, the first day he put up this song for Fernando by ABBA. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I had no idea who ABBA were at the time. I'd never heard this song before. And I'm reading this tab and these chords. And like music wasn't even, it's not like as if it's 20 years ago, but music wasn't accessible. Like you had to download songs off LimeWire or, you know, yeah. I, didn't ha- I didn't have YouTube or whatever. Um, so yeah, so when I found Nirvana and uh, and how accessible that was, you know, it, it wasn't, it was like three chords and you could play or four chords and you could play Smells Like Teen Spirit essentially. Totally, exactly. Yeah. So, and I suppose that didn't, that's kind of where nirvana kind of came from they were i don't know clash mm-hmm. and sex pistol fans probably you know so it's yeah it's that grunge thing has a similar you know lineage but yeah, yeah easy to play is a good starting point <laughs> <laughs> i do remember like having like bass lessons in school and like just you know t- telling the 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 teacher guy you know i wanted to learn like punk songs and he'd just be like well you don't need to pay me to, to, to <laughs> to teach you that you know yeah. he's he's wanting to do some like solos or slap bass or something i just yeah. needed one lesson and that was it he's teaching you aeodian skills just because he feels like he has to earn his money <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah um and then so obviously you've mentioned your father and your sister your brother as well is a musician he plays with and so i watch you from afar what's it been like having ex- having him to bounce ideas off and just be around uh, musically yeah well that that's been just a, a big part of my life from you know both of both rory and i kind of starting out and and, and um going to, going into the music scene and rory just having you know this amazing success with and so watch from afar and i've always been like very close to that band like i guess uh, another major part of my life is um touring with them and work working with that band as a crew member and and I've you know I've stood in on tours and played bass for them and stuff so I've I've been around that like um, the ecosystem of that band and yeah there uh, it's yeah it's it's just been an honour to be in around it and like they're the real they they really are the real deal in terms of like you know their kind of ethos and you know uh, their their passion and everything so it's been amazing and yeah Rory's been you know Rory and I talk most days he he's like you know he gets demos before most people you know he he so he's great for that like bouncing ideas off and we've collaborated on numerous numerous things and yeah I guess I'm very fortunate to have that and like you know even things like you know and so watch from afar took us on tour last year took Catalan on tour you know and and uh like I'm just so lucky to be in and around that kind of behemoth that machine and um yeah i'm i'm honored to be part of the somewhere in the layer of onion i'm kind of in there somewhere in that and and uh yeah they're they're all kind of involved as it were in in catalan in one way or another as well so yeah it's that's just yeah it's it's such a creative you know melting pot and it's it's been great being around it do you know the do you know the boys like the the band and i've never met them but i've I remember going to see them and about, I was in school, I think it was like GCSE. It was like 2009, 2000, around that time period and going in um, to the Ulster Hall, I think it was. Yeah. And yeah. just 
being blown away. My friend, his name is Martin McGuigan, he wrote an article, or sorry, he wrote not an article, uh, he wrote a piece about And So I Watch Him Before, and actually about that particular gig and what the albums meant, meant to him. And he's just, he's just like one of many people I know who have such a connection with that band. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like, you know, you hear it all the time, but how important they were for for people within Northern Ireland and you know, yeah. ac- across the world, but you know, in the music scene for sure here. Totally, and it's like <clears throat> last year when we when we did that tour with them, it was like ten years, uh, a ten year anniversary of their first record, mm-hmm. and so a lot of that kind of you know that Ulster Hall show or like a lot of the like Little Solidarity that festival they put on and that kind of yeah. period, you know, that was so. Um, it had a real vibe of uh, like as I say like solidarity and kind of this positive message and this punk rock spirit to it and they really like you know um, spearheaded that in Belfast around that time but like it's amazing touring with them and seeing that like people in Thailand people in Australia people in all over the United States people everywhere like kind of have picked up on that energy and you know they've you know, so the guys have been running with that for years, and it's that's so nice to be in in and around. It's such a like positive thing, you know. Yeah, oh for sure. That's why I was kind of cautious of the way I worded that because obviously they mean so much Northern Ireland, but they're just mm-hmm. a huge. They're, they're they're a big band. I mean, a lot to a lot of people all over the world as well. You know, totally. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess I'm just fortunate because you know being being you know part of the touring party i've i'm just fortunate to have seen that you know the way that maybe lots of people in belfast haven't but you know the other cool thing is that like at the belfast show every year that they do or whatever it still means you know the world to them and and they care about it and so yeah it's um yeah it's been it's been cool it's it's crazy that that album's 10 years old and well i guess (laughs) the second one's gonna be 10 years old like this year it's yeah yeah mad and just to jump back, so when you you're learning guitar, you obviously have your brother, and um, very come from a very artistic household. Axis off, just briefly, just want to find a bit more about Axis off and how that was formed. Would that have been your first kind of foray into doing music, um, in a serious sort of sense, like in terms of like treating it as a you know career almost? You know? Yeah, I get. I guess when we were. When I when we were kind of finishing school, there was a scene in, up in the north coast, a kind of like a punk scene. And when we were all finishing, we were all in like loads of us were in kind of bands then. But by the time we were finishing school, um, Niall from Axis of was in a band, and I was in another band, and we kind of identified each other as, oh, you really want to like you know tour, you really want to put out records and take it to the next level, as it were. Um, so him and I kind of bonded and then that's when we kind of formed Axis Of. And um, yeah, I, th- I think I think both of our previous bands, you know, they'd they'd maybe we'd played and, you know, got as far as playing around Scotland or something like that. And it was like, that just seemed like so interesting way to kind of, you know, see the world. And it's funny, I do remember like leaving school being like, oh, you know, I can just go to uni anytime. I'd rather just like, go off on tour and um, I, I did go on tour that, that year that I left school and I'm st- still doing it and <laughs> I'm not a millionaire but it's like it's cu- quite nice to reflect on that and sometimes look back being like yeah I've been on tour every single year since that in one way or another and that's that for me it was all about like the travel and seeing the world so yeah it's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Peter. Yes. What's your dream? Uh, sometimes I have a dream where I'm in an elevator and it just keeps going up, 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 higher and higher, and then suddenly I wake up and I'm in an elevator going up. <laughs> Do you think these are going to be useful for you? Uh, no, probably a waste of my time. To be honest, I'm only doing it to get back on the show so I can get a girlfriend. Do you think getting? Do you think being on liquid cords is going to help you get a girlfriend? Oh, I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. She's out there somewhere. Wink, wink. <laughs> Give me a call. Send me a text. Let me get this straight. Your entire purpose for wanting to be on liquid cords is not for your love of music. It's for you to get a girlfriend. I didn't invite myself onto the show. You, it was your idea to begin with. And yes, I want a girlfriend. I regret it now. Um, what other things would you like for your girlfriend to have? Uh, a subscription to the Financial Times magazine. Print edition. None of this online rubbish. And probably... Uh, I just want her to love me more than... Then you love me. I'm your therapist. For every musician, for everyone in the world, COVID's been strange, but that's what I noticed about when I was reading up about yourself, how much you've toured, like whether it was with Access Off. You know, playing with and so watching far, being on the road with them, and then with Catalan, you you really have that. Uh, it's just a gig and ethos of like get out there, you know, play as many gigs as possible, and so I imagine this has affected you as much as anyone in relation to being an mm-hmm. artist. Yeah, totally, and it's like um, even beyond that, you know, like a lot of what I do, do I, you know I tour with other bands as well just doing like merch jobs and crew jobs here and there and it's just like and then even even beyond that you know and I think a lot of people can probably sort of identify with even just like you know myself and my girlfriend like that's all we ever talk about is traveling about the place and so it's it's just kind of like you know I guess that this past sort of year now has been like I guess the most time I've spent sort of in such a confined area and it, it is weird but I suppose everybody's going through it the changes to their life in one way or another and um, it does sort of show how resilient people are or maybe it shows you like that you know you can get enjoyment from other things and I've just had to adapt I guess like everybody else and you know I'm sure you, like You've been you play a lot and play all around the place and to go from like you know, like gigging and things on the calendar to all of a sudden it just being like swept away. It's quite strange, you know. And our our industry is going to be the last one to get back to any sense of normality. Yeah, yeah. It's I've said it before. I think that one of the most difficult parts is for me is not having something to work towards. Like music for me has never really been about. Um, like selling CDs or getting 10 million players on a track on Spotify like those are goals and those are nice things to do but it's always about like working towards it like I, if I don't have 
you know, I have somewhere I, I want to get to, but it doesn't really matter if I get there. It's more about, you know, working as if that's going to happen or working towards that point. And I think with this, not knowing whether these gigs are going to happen, not knowing if, you know, um, if, if, if the music industry is actually even going to, you know, be it's going to come back to any way shape or form the way it was it's hard it's hard to kind of have those future plans and have that drive at times to keep writing and keep playing you know at home and that's i think that's a difficulty for me yeah it's so true and it's like but i suppose the other like incredible thing that's happened while while all, all this is going on is that like you know every single one of us use you know our favorite artists when we're like going through this and and i think people enjoy music more than they are as much as they ever have and you know there's always going to be you know people playing music and entertaining people with with songs and like so you know people did it through the fucking dark ages with traveling <laughs> minstrel bands you know they're gonna just music will keep going one way or another you know yeah and um yeah t- you know so like I'm sure you're like me, you know. If it's like we have to play it in a living room to one person a year, then that, that would be something. Like it was funny. Like last year, you know, I did what did I do? I did a one stream gig, and I did a gig um, that was like a drive-in show, and I, we did it like a session as well. And that's like three. That's my. That's this quietest live year ever. But like the feeling of having not done anything like that for months and then like getting on stage and like letting that out and having people's emotion coming back whether it's through a, a youtube you know comment section which is not quite a, has a good Thumbs replacement <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but even just a, a taster of that or like even just like lifting amps upstairs and hearing a kick drum getting like sound check man it was so weird after after a while it kind of reminds me of you know when people say like if you if you don't eat salt for you know six months then the next time you taste it it like blows your head <laughs> off or sugar or whatever yeah. you know that's what it kind of felt like you know like hearing a guitar like a power chord through a amp again like it's just shaking my brain that's that's a good point to be fair that's something i always chat about like the importance of balance and like anything in your life not having too much of one thing or so maybe yeah, uh, maybe when we get back, we'll just have this real buzz again. Totally, um, yeah. For it. it'll be so funny, like going back and doing like, you know, they happen. You know, the empty gig in the corner of a bar, and no one turns up, but you'd still just be like, best <laughs> night of my life. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping people go to gigs. That's what I'm hoping. You know, like <laughs> that's the big thing. Yeah, there'll be no uh, more excuses for that. Can't no. make it tonight. It's like no. here, yeah, <laughs> you cashed that one in in 2019. <laughs> so like I haven't even we haven't really got on, even got on to Catalan I'm guessing Catalan is a reference you know obviously you've we mentioned about your social and political um, you like to kind of bring that form to your music so it, I guess just a reference to um, the Spanish uh, Catalonia uh, <laughs> civil yeah. unrest yeah. yeah 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 well i mean it is and it isn't i suppose so i'll, exp- I'll explain the, the you know the origin of, of the the name of the project but basically it was more um for me it was more about i want the, the i wanted this project to be like really lyric focused and um you know kind of 
the the words and the lyrics to be kind of at the forefront of the the project and that to be the focus and you know I, I spend a lot of time on that and I'm very passionate about that this the spoken and the and the lyrical aspect of it so I whenever I was naming the project I was like let's make I want to make reference to the fact that the lyrics are so important and the words are important so I kind of thought a good nod to that would be that I would use um, the name of a language for the for the project and um, so yeah I was kind of you know, looking through different languages and then I just sort of when I saw Catlan you know Catalan looks I mean it just looks really nice to me like aesthetically written down looks really nice and also just f for the you know very reason that you've just asked me that question it prompts like interesting questions and people do mm -hmm. ask that question about it and there is a very fascinating history there and you know all that so that yeah it's not as it's not as simple as me being like it's called Catalan just because I'm like against or I'm for one certain you know kind of political yeah. persuasion on that I don't I know really enough about it but I guess it was more yeah the language thing and yeah it it, it creates interesting conversations and like you know maybe I'll uh, I, I, I saw today actually uh, there was a, podca a podcast in the Catalonian language and they like they played one of my songs on it and you know oh, they, were, right. like, Very they good. were like talking about it at the start and I was like wow it sounds so amazing and I wonder what they're saying and <laughs> that that's really cool and i you know it's funny because maybe they'll, they'll love it in barcelona and catalonia but they probably never let me play in madrid or something <laughs> so yeah. there's that's that risk but it was funny actually i did a show as well i think it might have been with and so watch from afar because they always have fans coming from all over the world but um i did a show with them and there was there was people in the audience that came up to me after and they were like we're from barcelona we're from madrid and they were like, why are you called Catlan? And, and, you know, kind of quizzing me on it. And it's, yeah, it's, I love that. It's so interesting, that, um, you know, and I, it's not to cause any offense. Well, or well that's, that's kind of in line with what you were saying about your lyrics. It's not that you're presenting one side of a story. It's that you're just presenting a story and it's, yeah. I guess it's, it's up get, to- get, get people talking and, yeah, you know, yep. and, yeah. and that's it. And like, I, I did, I remember whenever I was naming it, I had a friend who like, he, I think he was living in Barcelona at the time and you know he would be quite clued in with everything that was happening politically there and I remember messaging him at the time and being like you know is this like what what how does this look to you if I name it this and he was like no I think it's a cool idea and you know anyone I speak to after I give them you know the the reason and they're like kind of interested but the, another actually interesting um point on that whole story is that on and so watch from a far tour we were in barcelona the day that like you know they um announced their independence and like there was huge protests everywhere and like the show was going to get cancelled and it was like this insane environment and we went down to um yeah like praca de catalonia or whatever the, the big square and and like you know witnessed this like insane moment in history and uh so i'm sure that kind of like was in the back of my head somewhere as well that experience yeah so you weren't out with flowers promoting the Catalan gig that night no <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> they, they like lifted me up onto their shoulders <laughs> um, yeah because it could be like the Irish hero it could be like David Hasselhoff and you know the Berlin Wall you could have yeah. that sort of effect I just hijack it for like a you know a PR stunt <laughs> yeah I have no idea why I'm why I'm doing this but <laughs> it's good I like it um so yeah, obviously, 
you were with Access Off and then started up with Catalan and um, before I go I want to I want to obviously speak about the album but what are some of the main differences to you um, about being I, I know that you, you have people that join you on stage but what do you find the differences between being just you because in essence you are Catalan and having that sort of camaraderie and um, back and forth with a band yeah well, and you're kind of you're sort of going through the same thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess for me, it's like the main difference I find is is in the um, the actual songwriting point. You know, that's where it's at, at its most different. And maybe I suppose some of the kind of like managerial, you know, adminy things. But it's, it, I guess, if you're not careful, things can happen a lot slower because you don't have like each other you know you don't have band members pulling you up and pulling each other up all the time being you know did you get that did you do this did you you know and everybody kind of like you know keeps their foot on the gas in that sense whereas when you're by yourself you can um procrastinate and like kind of question everything all the time but uh, what i've done with catalan is it you know when it started it was kind of like a solo endeavor whereas um what i've tried to turn it into is almost like yeah, I'm kind of at the front of it in terms of the driving seat, but like I want it to be like a collective. So I do have the the guys that, you know, my live band, but I'm trying to expand the expand the kind of circle around Catalan all the time. And there's there's like so many people collaborating and helping and bringing ideas. And I, I, I want to kind of keep expanding that because that's exciting to me. Like when we recorded the... When we recorded the um, record, we got our hands on like a big house and we were like just self-recording it. Like fortunately, Ryan, who plays guitar in Catalan, is a, a record producer as well. So he, he was recording it. But like I was putting text out just being like it's like an open door policy in terms of like, you know, if anyone wants to come and play a bit of tambourine, then get up here, you know. And so it was cool. We did have people coming and going to the house and... You know, the guy, all the guys from Axis of were there and did one thing or another. And so moving forward, that's definitely how I want to approach it. It's like, yeah, a, a solo project that has, you know, all this rolling cast behind them. And it's just an open door, as it were. What about you? How, how do you deal with it? Yeah, I miss the... Because I don't really... I have Matt. Matt is um, on with us here. Matt and then Christopher, who used to play in Silences. And... Uh, chain the drummer so we've done a few we've done a few live bits but i do miss the i feel a bit more anxious about it all like i feel when it's because it's my name it's not even you know because with catalan obviously it's not you and friar so yeah that's that can be because I, I work within um i like work within the health service and you know it's like sometimes i want to say things in my lyrics and i'm kind of you know you I'm kind of like, oh, can I say that? You know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that is, and that's, I've had that issue in the past, but not that, it, not even that any of the stuff's very like, you know, that hasn't been said before anything out there, but I guess I maybe overthink a little bit more in comparison to what I did with silences because it was, we were taking collective responsibility of totally. anything that went out. So, but you and mentioned- in that band scenario, you can just be like, here, what do you think of this? And people will just, you know, whereas I know what you mean, especially that kind of, writing lyrics and stuff it can be very lonely in that sense yeah yeah yeah. and you don't have that immediate response even if you bring a song to the band in a room and you think okay i don't like this if they're playing along and they're getting something you know 
they're they're you know they're they might show you something within that song that you missed you know and it's like it's just this kind of I don't know it's hard it's just this energy that you don't really get doing it solo but at the same point I guess the bonuses are I can just get up normally under any normal circumstances get up with a guitar and go and do a gig anywhere really yeah. you know um, but you mentioned earlier on I was actually um, flicking through Facebook or I think it was Facebook and saw the pictures of that house that studio that you were recording with and Ryan and Ryan McGordy yeah Ryan is lovely guy and him and uh, he plays in Beauty Sleep that's right yeah but, yeah, yeah. Really, really nice guy. And Amazing good, band too. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, and I was just looking at that house. The the view was incredible. It was like this big, it was just like a massive, like one wall, which is glass essentially. <laughs> and you just were kind of looking out onto, um, where, yeah. tell me where it was. So, well, yeah, I, 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 it has a, air, a sort of air of mis, mysteriousness okay. about it. And I kind of keep it that way to a okay. certain extent, but it was like, yeah, through a, through a friend of a friend and a, a kind of a ver, uh, insanely generous person that just wanted to support what we were doing and so it's it's up on the north coast and um yeah. you know it was in a kind of yeah as you say like a secluded glen with this massive glass window and like we were there we stayed there for like probably like close to two weeks something like that and um you know the phone signal internet signal was like non-existent ish and it was very much you know waking up get the coffee out and get straight into like making an album and um <clears throat> yeah the demos had brought us to a certain like point of where i knew i kind of wanted it to get to but this house and this kind of experience this um very immersive experience really like yeah it, it took it to like a Somewhere creatively that I'm much happier with, and like, um, it's so nice listening to the album and hearing the sound of the like a hallway and the and the like. It's I can remember it so well, and it's like we haven't done a whole lot to that album. Like we haven't processed things ridiculously and like used lots of trickery. It's very it is very like an honest sort of liveish recording, and. Um, whilst I, I enjoy the other side, you know, the studio, the hi-fi, the kind of very kind of high-end studio stuff, that's interesting as well. But I really think that like for Catalan, just the kind of, you know, very, I guess a, a rougher way of doing it was like really good. And I, whenever, it was funny getting the mixes back because it, like I was remember back to the experience and like Ryan and I's um, kind of whole ethos as we were going was always just like let's keep going let's keep going and like there's like bits that we like tracked and i didn't even listen back to we were just like yeah it's good let's keep going you know and just and i love like that kind of i would much rather a record that sounds a bit kind of scrappy but sounds more human than than kind of like over overdoing it especially for catalan you know i think it's it just it works that it's kind of like got that character to it and um so moving forward, I'd, I'd like to do that kind of thing again. I don't know, like I'm sure you've been in and out of the likes of, you know, the fancy studio right back to the kind of demo environment. And it's, you know, they're totally different, like in conduciveness to creativity. And it's, I, I, it's endlessly kind of fascinating that sort of, and especially when you, when you're interested in like, 
you know, um, you know, if you look back at other musicians that you like or history of bands that you like, and it's like funny to think of like, oh, that album, they were there and they were doing yeah. this and they were kind of like, you know, all that's yeah. so important. I think the location, you know, your schedule, everything about it, it's, it's cool. Yeah, there's an atmosphere definitely that you can find in um, different places and that'll lend its influence on the sound. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll... Uh, I, I, I like that you're keeping it keeping it mysterious. <laughs> keeping yeah. this mysterious. I'll say, I'll say it's on the north coast because <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah, that was a big part of it as well. Is like I think if you know anyone that's listened to the album will probably like, get a sense of like the lyrics are from everywhere from Japan to you know California and and everywhere in between, and that's like the 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 sphere of influence is all that traveling, but the. The place that I needed to kind of like go and zoom in on on all that and put it into an album was like the the homeland, the North Coast for life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a beautiful part of the world. Um, yeah, and yeah. So Matt was, we actually did our intros. We've already done our intros for this today, and Matt was laughing at how I was pronouncing the album name. Um, <laughs> I, so I don't know if it was my accent or the fact that I was just completely mispronouncing it, but I kept saying, <laughs> "Ferrata." Ferratas, 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 Ferratas. So I wasn't too sure. How how is it pronounced? I guess it's Ferratas, but yeah. um, I suppose is that You're not a thing? So it's it's a it's a Latin word. So people don't really know how Latin's pronounced because it's C-mat. not. Yeah. See, it's not just because I'm a big culture from Portadown. It's uh, no, no, yeah, no. It's, it's like definitely Ferratas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first yeah um, but that's that's uh, so the the title of the album is kind of it's kind of close to what we were talking about there with the uh, how we recorded it and it being so veritas is kind of latin for truth or truthfulness and it's um that sounds so cheesy when i when i break it down like that but i guess that it's it's as honest as an album as i could try to create um but yeah the theme's just on like in general, running through it, as you said, like lyrics are so prominent and saying a lot, like presenting a lot of different um, ideas uh, on the album. If you had to kind of condense it down to one, not one sentence, but a few sentences, <laughs> what, what, what would you want people to get from it? Or what, what do the words and ideas on there mean to you? Wow, that's, that's tough. <laughs> so I think that... Um, like even if you take like a song for for example like on google bullets um the way that i would do the lyrics is that like i don't write one song or i don't write a song about one thing it'll be like one line will be about one thing and then it kind of informs the next line and it's this kind of like stream of consciousness so you could have like 12 12 themes of on one song and then you got 14 songs so it's like it's a it's enormous and like in terms of its uh you know influence and that's actually a lot, of, a lot of like the reviews that i've got back about it have been like i don't know if they've been criticisms as such but they're just always like whoa there's a lot to take on here you know um so if i had to condense it down uh it would be um a person who's very inquisitive about the world spewing over 14 songs of world music punk stuff 
Perfect. That'll go into <laughs> our introduction for um, socials. Yeah, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> no, but not many of the words on there do, so it fits yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. It's the no, but- DJ's nightmare, really, that, that album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, here, before you, before we go, I'm just going to ask you just uh, five five quick questions. I'm going to time it to see how long it takes you to answer. Okay, so we're going to probably do this. Oh, am I trying to do like one word? It's going to be. I'm going to give you this or that, and you tell me oh. which. Okay, so which you prefer? Okay. Does that make sense? Do you want to yeah, do a run through? Like yeah, so, ca- so, cat, so cat or dog? Dog, man. Come okay, on. Okay. So, so so there we go. Okay. Right. Let me just get these up here. Cornelius or Fortune? Uh, Fortune. Touring or recording? Touring. Band or solo? Solo band. (laughs) (laughs) Together or alone? Together. Perfect. (laughs) Thanks a million, Ian. Hey, thank you. Peter? Yes? What's your biggest fear? Uh, probably um, losing my religion. <laughs> what? The what REM song? Yes. This song is very scary to me. It's because every one of my nightmares is scored, underscored by that track. That's me in the spotlight. Bloody terrifying.
That's me in the corner, losing my religion. Trying to make ends meet. I don't know if I can do it. Because I feel too sad. I don't talk to my dad. <laughs> I, I thought that I heard <laughs> you laughing. <laughs> thought that I heard you sneeze. Are you gonna? No, I just I, I don't know the lyrics to that song, and I'm I'm cur- curious to know if you made them up or the actual lyrics. Well, you'll just have to find out another time. Peter. Yes. I'm sick of this now. <laughs> this is boring as hell for me. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be enlightening. You're supposed to ex- self-exploration, identity learning. I want you to better understand yourself. And this, I think it's simple, right? Yeah. I live in Kimbleberry. I love fish and chips. I am the star of a podcast called Liquid Chords. You're not the star. I'm the star. You're definitely not the star. The guests are the star. Then who's... Oh, the guests are the star? No. I don't buy it. The guests are guests. The star is the main guy, i.e. Peter the Heater Clark, me. Well, then what am I? You are the annoying (laughs) bloody (laughs) guy who keeps calling me, making me do therapy rubbish. (sighs) Basically, you're just an annoyance to me. And to I, everyone, I give you. Your everyone first break. agrees. I give you your first break. That is true, but still, you could bloody loosen up a bit, Connor. <laughs> right. I'm tra- okay. I'm, I'm trying to protect you. When's the clothes off part of this session <laughs> starting? <laughs> when do I remove m- my uh, joppers that I'm wearing? Please don't. Please. Are the heat o'clock? <laughs> <laughs>